Hey all, welcome to The Defined Spirit. I'm Baruch Halevi, also known as B, and I am in the studio with the famous Ariel Halevi. <laughs> Thank you. That was quite a welcome. I'm not sure whose podcast this is. It's either The Defined Spirit or it's Ariella's or it's our shared one, Soul Centered, but I guess we'll figure it out. We just haven't figured that out yet. No. So <laughs> how's life? Good. How about you? Things are great. we got a lot of wonderful stuff happening. Um, for those of you who follow Ariella, you know she's doing all kinds of amazing healing work. She'll tell you more about that. I'm doing my Defined Spirit, and now I'm also doing the Meaning Academy. So lots of good things going on. But, you know, our, our core mission and message really hasn't changed almost in 25 years. It's refined. It's nuanced. But um, I think we're just going to get into our shared message and how they complement each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that our being married for 24, 20, how long? 24, 25 years, ish. somewhere-ish in there. Um, we have always had this this idea. In fact, we used to miss plane rides because we were talking about this so passionately of coming back to center, coming back to your soul and what that means. And so that's why we keep soul-centered, even though we have very different messages of how to get there. Um, I think even in our own marriage, you know, we, we have different ways of getting there, but we always end up together in the same place, which is the soul. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. <clears throat> For me, my work has revolved around the work of, as you know, Viktor Frankl, um, logo, founder of Logotherapy. And Logotherapy, totally misunderstood because it's such a hard name to, um, to get. Most people have heard of Viktor Frankl because of his book, you can see behind me, Man's Search for Meaning. But he's also the father of logotherapy. And logos means meaning. And at the center of logotherapy is one idea. It's just so simple and powerful. And is that at the end of the day, all we have the power over in our lifetime is our power to choose our response. Either we're living in reaction, as he would say, or we're living in response. Responsible, response-able, able to choose our response. And I think if we start there, that is very much in alignment with the healing work that you do. Absolutely. I think that a lot of us feel like we don't have choices and we feel stuck in whether it's relationship or your body or your healing or even the work that I do, which is really coming back to that wholeness, that home inside of you. And and I think that your message is spot on where the worst thing in the world is to not have choices. Right. Like I, I had someone say to me, I don't know, a month or so ago, there is I, I it was a doctor and and um, it was like the, the choice is there is no choice. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, when someone tells me either in my healing work or my own personal life, there is no choice. That's when I get to work. Right. right? That's when I say, are you kidding me? There is no choice. We all have choices. And so that's when I get passionate and fiery. Because if we don't have choices, then we're dead. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you are alive and you are breathing, then there is a choice. It may not be the choice you want, but there are choices around every single thing that we do. And so in my work, I do a lot of healing with the ancestors. Why? Because a lot of the people that come to me, they end up coming to me because they feel like there is no choice. Because they have done therapy, they have done the work, they have written in their journal, they have done healing work, they believe in the guides and angels and spirit, and yet 
there is something that they're bumping into that makes them feel choiceless and powerless. And my job is to say, wait, we haven't tried this one thing. And the one thing is that your ancestors, your loved ones, recent ones that have passed on, and ancient ones that are thousands and thousands of years old back there, they are cheerleading you. And they have your DNA. They have the messages of healing. They know, because they've been in it, how to, how to show you where your choices are in this lifetime, right? Because when we go backwards, we are actually moving forwards. We are rooting down to rise up into this beautiful, majestic, magic world that we have the power to choose. So don't you feel, though, that that could add an extra layer of choicelessness? Um, you know, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. <clears throat> and that is that, oh, now you're telling me not only do I, I already feel like I have no choice in my current circumstances, but I've inherited a bunch of baggage, mm-hmm. right? Other people's choicelessness. Right. And so now I have my, you know, thank you very much. I have my victimhood and I have their victimhood. Yeah, that's a great question that I do get a lot. And the answer is, well, it depends on how I feel in the moment. But I will say this. Your, part of your DNA is, is connected to your lineage. So if it's in there, do you want to know that it's in there? Do you want to make the decision and the choice to, to open to it so that you can release it and really step into your soul blueprint, your soul's DNA? Because here's the choice. You can go down that road and say, well, my mom had thyroid issues, my mom had cancer, my dad has heart disease. So I, I usually play devil's advocate a little bit too. Like I can go down that road and I feel powerless and hopeless and helpless. Or you can go down that road and you can glean the gifts and the awareness that they weren't necessarily able to do in this lifetime in their lifetime and you can hold on to their awareness and their healing and you can bring it into you and say oh wait I don't have to choose that button I can choose this button knowledge is power and so my feeling is it's there anyway why not look in the mirror so you're not saying if I've inherited Crohn's disease I don't know why that just popped in my head, but um, you're not saying that <clears throat> I can't change the fact that I've inherited Crohn's disease. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about the way, well, you know, there are some you know, more new age types out there who say it's because you have, you know, lived in fear and you've manifested, you know, their disease and their disease and their yeah. disease versus you have the power to choose your response different than your, the way your, your mom handled her Crohn's disease. So that's so beautiful because life hands us these things. And sometimes we don't know where they come from. And for me or you to say, well, you got it from this and it's because you're scared. It's because you're stuck is it adds more fuel to your already hopeless fire. Mm -hmm. So the way that I see it is, like, for example, if my mom, my mom had hypothyroid and I have thyroid issues and my daughter, our daughter, has thyroid issues and I have turned that button on that I've ignited the light switch inside of me and I've said, okay, I accept and have compassion because that's a part of it for the things that I have received. 
And that doesn't mean I have to sit there and stop there. Medication is a beautiful thing. I'm on it, right? But I also see down the line of my own lineage. I look down into my daughter and her daughter and her daughter's daughter, and I say, the energy of thyroid hypothyroidism, which is helplessness and hopelessness, stops with me. And yes, we all have our soul's purpose. We've come here to learn things. So I can't stop the fact that my daughter has thyroid disease. But what I can do is teach her the tools because I've taken on the responsibility of healing with my ancestors. And when we journey back into those ancestors that are wise and well, not everybody is wise and well, but when we journey back into the ones that are helping us, then they can show us these are the things we might want to work on. These are the areas that we are opening you to. This is what we're helping you with. And so we can start looking at how to make our generation after us and ourselves more powerful, more in our choice power, and the energy changes from there. Mm -hmm. So it is a choice. It's two different roads. One road is I accept it, and then I just go down that road of hopelessness and helplessness. And the other road is I'm going to take that wisdom that they have given me and shown me, and I'm going to ask them for more help because they get it. I have, I'll just say something personal. Our daughter is going to college in the fall and for, I mean, forever, but for one year, almost every single day for one year since, you know, she's graduating in three weeks, I have made it part of my prayers and I have thanked Spirit for helping my daughter find a healing path for her thyroid issues. And it has been an unfolding mystery but I believe we are, we are finding that. And I've asked in divine timing to show us that. So I have asked Spirit and her ancestors and my ancestors to show us and lead us to a path of sovereignty so she can stand under sovereignty and enter college feeling whole. I like what you do. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. Can I get much. a card before you leave? Um, so I like it for many reasons, not the least of which is it's... You know, I see a lot of times, you know my feeling about New Age, right? I think New Age has just taken on old messages. I'm interested in innovation. I'm interested in evol evolution, evolving ancient wisdom messages. But oftentimes what I see with New Age is they're just putting the blame on, upon the victim, saying, if you haven't healed your family's lineage, you haven't done your work. Mm -hmm. As opposed to you haven't healed your response. You mm -hmm. haven't healed, you know, even take back right. your power of choice. You're not a right. victim. Because Frankel says it's, it's a false, it's a straw man to say because you haven't healed. I, I'll just use Crohn's. Is Crohn's Why? genetically? No, it's don't not. bring that. But give me something that's genetically. <laughs> thyroid, thyroid disease. Okay, you already said thyroid. <laughs> well, yeah, so, no, Crohn's is genetic. Okay. But don't bring that energy into our family. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll stick with the, the, one, the devil we got. Yes. Um, so thyroid. Okay. If Maya, our daughter, doesn't heal her thyroid, it isn't because she didn't do the work. Exactly. It's because there is this thing called thyroid and it has whatever. But Frankel said, see, the point is, ain't none of us getting out of this alive, right? So we can't heal death as an example. Right. So it doesn't mean you failed because you died. No. Right. It doesn't mean it doesn't no. mean it's your fault. There are certain realities 
that we have to operate within. It's the arena. It's the, it's the, the, the uh, playground of life. Right. Ours is to own what's ours, right? And to own what you've inherited from your mother and what she inherited from her mother and so forth. To decide for yourself, do I want to react or respond in the same way they did? Exactly. So if you look at, let's take the nervous system because it's a really um, hot topic right now with women. I think it's a huge topic for men that I want you to start exploring because it's huge. Okay, so I need your card before you <laughs> Let's take the nervous system. There are generations and generations and generations of women before us that have been in, I mean, men and women, right? Survival mode, war, famine, pandemic, we are going to be those ancestors one day, right? But let's take the nervous system in terms of like, that is a learned behavior. That is a behavior that we um, are are born into. We, the, the women, let's say women and men in our families have struggled. They have been through, they have survived or have been in survival mode. How can they be in thriving mode and rest and digest when they are in war, let's take the Holocaust, for example, right? Always a good example. So so that is a learned behavior. That is a pattern. It's also with genetics, right? Those things are passed down. And it is our job to say, I see that this is part of my inheritance. Most women, all of us have that, that we try and we struggle against being too busy, doing it all. We also respond in in terms of our, um, we're in response of our, our past generation of what our parents did or didn't do, we're gonna do it differently and we're in overload. So that power comes in the form of, number one, acceptance. If you're constantly fighting yourself and angry at yourself for being this way, which I've done for years, that's just another form of choicelessness and powerlessness. So the first step is really acceptance. The second step is asking our ancestors to help us. I'm sure you've heard you can't get our job as human beings is to step into the power of asking for help, right? Because if we don't ask, then then we keep on going down the road that we're, we're in and we're not supported. And then finally, it's about journeying. And we can talk about journeying too with our ancestors to get that help in order for them to to glean into us wisdom of how to heal the nervous system or thyroidism whatever hypothyroidism whatever it is because although they know the wound they also now know the healing they know exactly what we need to do to release that to heal through it in order to thrive inside of our bodies and our souls and our relationships. And they now know that because they're no longer in earthly body form. Body form yes. Tra trapped by the very thing that they were. Exactly. But I will say as a caveat is that not all ancestors are wise and well. They are not, not all of them have the purpose of helping you heal from your right. nervous system. Somebody's ancestor was Hitler. That's exactly right. right. So how, I mean, just as a side, like how do you deal with that? Um, what I've learned from all the reading I've done in the training is that you ask for your wise and wisdomed ancestors to come forth, right? And so there are people, and I do that also, who work with 
ancestors that are not wise and well, right? And working, and you always ask spirit or God to intervene. You're, you're just a person, but they have their own path. Our ancestors, even on the other side, have their own path to choose whether or not to help us. So the way that I work is imagine, I want you to like, if you're listening to this, if you can intuit an ancestor that is more recent, that maybe has been gone 20, 30 years, that feels more like a guide than just a regular ancestor. Like, I know we all, do you have one? Somebody who's been gone 20 or 30 I mean, someone years. that's been gone for a while, not two years. Not two years and not 2,000 years. That's right. Somewhere in between. Right. Um, do I have one? I think I do. I think, I think my grandmother's mother, Dora, Mm-hmm. Was a matriarch. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a right. she was a rallying. She's probably an Enneagram eight. Interestingly, she started a insurance company in the nineteen twenties when wow. women didn't do that in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. Um, and um, I think you would have to be an eight Enneagram eight is like challenger, and I'm an eight, so that's where I start getting into my ancestral healing through the Enneagram. Right. But yes. Right. Dora. Okay. So. If you're you being the eight that you are, and you're you being innovative and starting your own businesses and your own company and all that, wouldn't it be so helpful for you to ask her because you intuited that she may have been as strong as you, right? The stories that you've heard, you've you're it's a puzzle, right? You're never gonna know exactly, but you use your intuition, and you use the things that you may have heard, and you start to intuit like. Okay, I didn't know her, but I know of her. She feels strong. She feels like a go-getter. She was innovative in the, you know, that time. What if I asked her to join me on this embarking of my business to glean support from someone who knows what it means to start a business, especially in a man's world? Like that's to me, that's that's powerful. The power is that you as a human have to turn on that light for her to intervene. Now, you might look at, let's say, your grandmother, who's adorable and we love her, but she may not be your guide, right? You're intuiting, is that true? Yeah. I mean, and by the way, like, that may have a time and place. It may come in 30 years that you need your grandma for whatever it is, right? right? I mean, my grandma, the grandma faced her death joyfully. She did. She was joyous until the very end. She was. So, you know, that, that might be what I turned to her for. Right. She never started a business. Right. So they have their place in our world. And so, you know, my grandfather has been my guide for a long time and he's been gone for 30 something years. And so I call him him. He tells me like, I call on him for everything generic, like anything that I'm doing, he is kind of there for it all. And then he has shown me specific ancestors that are here for this, that are here for this. So that's when it becomes a playground, right? It's like putting the pieces together, not really knowing, you know, you may not know what you're doing, but we can all journey into this realm, but we have to slow down and we have to get, we have to get calm and quiet enough to listen. And for anybody listening who, you know, this is probably going out to, this is definitely going out to my um, list. It's also going out to yours. I'm sure your list is very much versed in this because you talk about this all the time. I never talk about this um, because this isn't the realm I deal in. So 
but to my listeners, I think there's a really easy way to make this, you know, leap of faith if in fact it's anybody struggling. And that is that I sit every morning in meditation with my best friend, Mark, and my dad, except they're not here. They're gone. They died. Their bodies died. I do believe in the soul. I do believe I can, you know, connect to that. But it doesn't matter to me because my brain doesn't know the difference. I mean, studies have been shown. If you shut your eyes and you imagine your loved one holding them, I, you know, I can see myself with my dad. The last time we ever um, saw each other in person was in our house um, in Des Moines, Iowa. And we were in the living room and I was hugging him. He was hugging me and I can smell his smell. I can feel the scratchy beard. Um, I just go back to that moment in my meditations. I sit there, I hold my dad's hand. I can see the way his fingers looked. I can look over at Mark and I see his, you know, features. And um, it's it, it gives me a source of strength, right? And a feeling of I'm not alone. Right. So you can get there from either side of this equation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter what you believe. Your beliefs are irrelevant. Right. You might very naturally gravitate to what you're saying. You might be over here and say, look, I don't necessarily know if I connect with the dead, but the dead aren't dead. If I'm thinking about them, they're very much alive. Right. I mean, and they're also very much alive in your DNA. And that can be that can be a death sentence or it can be something really quite beautiful. You know, like inside of your being and your body, you came from somewhere. And that's where you're right. Like timelines and the here and now, like it all can just kind of. If you if you're open to it, and even if you're not open to it, you can imagine that that timeline of like, well, that person was born so long ago, I can't ex- imagine knowing who they are. If you're willing to kind of release that that idea, that belief, then you can open to, like you said, you can do this alone, or you can do this with support. Right. And that's the power of choice. Two great. Um words for time. I know you know this because you've talked about it before, but um, coming from Kronos and Kairos and Kronos being chronological ordered time. And that's what we think of when we think of time. Like I do this with clients as well. It's like they'll talk about it like it's back there. Right. Where is back there? Like, what does that mean? What is out, you know, ahead of me? We call future and past. So the other one is Kairos, you know, this Greek word for it's just all if you know the moment I'm thinking about Mark, my deceased friend, I'm with Mark. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm if I'm thinking about him, it's just now. Right. There is no past, and if I'm with him now, I don't feel disconnected. I don't feel alone. Right. And I think it's really helping people move from Kronos to Kairos. Absolutely. I mean, talk about a playground, right? If if you know, we won't go deeply into this, but this idea of Kronos is what you see is what you get. Some people call it 3D. My grandmother used to say, you live, you die, you go in the ground, you're buried, it's over. That sounds like a good Disney <laughs> movie. telling my grandma. Yeah. God love her, rest her soul. Like, God rest her soul. But um, we used to, like, argue about this. And that's very much like you get up, you do the same thing every day, you pay the bills, you go to sleep, you start over. And Kairos is the playground, that where time doesn't exist. You can go back in time and be with Mark. You can go forward in time and you can imagine the, let's say you're working with something in your body and you want to imagine a healing state. At some point in your lifetime or beyond that lifetime, you are whole and healed. So if you can imagine that, if you can release 
that idea that you are in this Kronos timeline and you can go into Kairos and play, why not take a healed cell and place it right inside of your heart center and let it grow? Why not, right? We are in our heads, we are in our egos, and the first thought I hear is like, oh, I can't do that, right? Or, oh, I don't believe in that shit. Well, is it hurting you or helping you? Like, is your life awesome and beautiful and it keeps growing and wonderful? Keep doing what you're doing then. But if you're struggling in any way, why do it alone? Why not play? And ultimately what we're saying is, why not live fully in the present moment where the playtime is? I don't think anybody could argue. I mean, you might try, but I don't see how you could argue it. Because if you take something empirically destructive like alcoholism, I can't imagine anybody listening would say, you know what? This is garbage. I'm just going to do what my father did and what his father did, which right. is be a drunk and beat my wife. Right. No, that was not my dad. But <laughs> I could hear somebody saying, hey, look, it's just, yeah. you know, as opposed, I don't, I don't know anybody who would not take responsibility mm-hmm. for healing the lineage. And in the moment you do that, assuming you, you then have kids and you pass down to them this repaired lineage, you know, you can see that playing out. Yeah, it's So that's beautiful. just measurable. You can, right. it's not like you'd even have to, it's not a belief. Right. I can't imagine anybody would argue that point. So why, you know, where you draw the line is now what we're talking about. Because you're just saying take it further and further and further and further into your body and into your emotions and into your, all of this. Right. Don't just change your drinking habits. Exactly. Like why not let your whole life blossom? Why not enhance your relationships? Why not feel alive when you wake up instead of half dead? Why not walk around the block in broad daylight and feel whole and and a little bit of joy? But I would take it a step further and not say why not. I understand that. But, you know, Frankel said we move, you know, there's two types of freedom. There's freedom from. I'm freedom from bondage. I'm freedom from my addictions. I'm freedom from all of these. And these are a negative freedom. I mean, I'm free to not be enslaved, enslaved to those right. things. Then there's freedom too. Mm-hmm. And freedom, too, is a higher level of freedom. Mm-hmm. There's a responsibility in that freedom. I am now free to pass down to my children the insights and learnings and legacy. Right. right? And it's not a why not. It's a freedom, too, which is a responsibility. It's your right. duty. Right. This is not a nice idea. Right. right. It's not like passing down my love of golf. No offense. But still, <laughs> it's a freedom to pass down, you know, important things that my children's children's children are the the beneficiaries of exactly i mean for some people they say it's too much responsibility you know i don't choose that i don't it's hard it's i don't want to get my hands dirty and i always say don't stop there right it is a choice to dig your hands in the dirt and root down into your people so that you do have a clear picture of how they lived and what they went through, but don't stop there, right? That is like, it's kind of the freedom from, great, but don't stop there. Understand that there are, there's like a whole theater full of wisdom-filled ancestors that say, let's do it this way. We didn't do it this way, but now we know how, and let's try it this way, and let's move into that. And so, Anything that we do in this, like, if you want to be a great golfer, then you need to practice, right? Then you need to take responsibility and practice golf. Like we always say to our kid, 
you know, both of our kids dance, but like our youngest son is a dancer and he takes that very seriously. He knows that if he doesn't practice, then he won't be, his big thing is I need to meet the team, right? The team is supposed to be, he said to me at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, where is everybody? There were only two of them there. And he's like, if we're going to get a high gold award, then we all need to be here at 7 a.m. instead of 8. Where are they? By the way, nobody shoots for high gold. That's silver. Oh. This is, we're going to do a whole podcast on my, it. Drives me nuts. We go to these dance competitions. I don't know where the lo- They, they changed the it. Like, they don't want to call bronze, silver, and gold. And now we sit there <laughs> no, going, what did he win? But did it, was that a good thing? No, high gold is a bad thing. Oh, I don't even know what to do with it. High gold sounds so high. <laughs> it's the low. I know. Now you got to get palladium. I'm like, what like is palladium, I'm like, what is palladium? Right. It's a dance club down in like Atlanta, Georgia, I think. Palladium is like a gym. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, you lost. I just lost my chance. No, you have to show up. You have to you participate. You have to show you have to up. Do you have to participate. Work. You have to too. do the work. Okay, because then they show you, your ancestors show you like where to go, what to do, how to heal, how to move forward, how to get whole. And uh, that's where you rise up. Right, you root down. You don't stay there, and you and that's the freedom too. The rising up is, wow! I have a connection that's deeper than me and you sitting right here. There is beautiful. There are beautiful things in this world, and I can do beautiful things with the choices that I make. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons why I left being a rabbi is because I wanted to say not nice things to people and get paid for it. And <laughs> one of the one of the things that I say, and people want to hear it, they need to hear it which is bullshit. When, when somebody, especially like the Enneagram 7s, no offense, I had an Enneagram 7, the enthusiasts, they, they, they're fun. They like to live. They don't like to go deep. They like to go wide. And I had him call me, and he was 40-ish, and he wanted to work with me. I said, no, call me when you're broken. Mm-hmm. Call me when your ass has been handed to you. Because until then, you don't want it. And right. until, if you don't want it, there's nothing I can do to help you. So the, the people that I work with, particularly the men, they're at this place where they're like, I, it, I have to be in this for more than myself. Right. This can't be about me anymore. Right. I have to make, you know, Frankel says, I have to make my defiant stand. And that's a responsibility. You know, don't tell me you don't want to do that work. Right. Right. You're going to have to answer to your ancestors. You're going to answer, answer to the, the source. You're going to have to answer to yourself. You have to right. go look in the mirror when you're 90 years old. And you, you know, were you in this for yourself? Right. Were you in it for those who came before you, those who are around you, those who come after you? I always have this idea of like life review. What is that movie? Uh, Defending Your Life. Mm-hmm. And the idea is like you die and then you go into this like life review of, you know, how were you in this area and how were you in this area, relationships, your work, your values, whatever. And I remember coming to you, it was a couple months ago and saying to you, this one particular thing I was working with and I was, and I, I said to you, I will not meet my maker when I die. And have spirit say to me, why, like, what, what's going on here, right? I know that there are, we came here to learn things and to struggle, not to struggle, but to open to our greatest healing and our greatest, highest vision of ourselves. And that is my responsibility, That's right. right? And it isn't always fun, but the, the outcome, the results of this beautiful experience is more joy like it isn't i don't want people to leave this podcast and be like oh god there's so much work involved right i think you and i personally just in our own marriage our own family our own lives like we hit well you're not 51 yet so you'll see when you're 51. <laughs> we're six weeks away. yes like two more weeks to go but 
you hit this stage and you realize, um, you know, in our 40s, 40s were a lot of work. And I think that it's about the result is more joy, more ease and flow and grace. So it's not like you pound the pavement every day and it just never gets easier. I think life gets more joyful and more full and more beautiful when we push the on button and say yes and ask for help. Yeah, Frankel also talks about, um, you know, we have we make the shift from asking what we want from life to asking what does life want from us? What does mm -hmm. it expect from us? And you can fill in life as in God or as in ancestors or as in your conscience, whatever you want to call it, but you're being called. Right. So it's not a matter of a, like, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. Anybody who's has a calling, whether it's being a parent or a spouse or a teacher or a firefighter, whatever it might be, it's not a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not like I sit here and go, oh, that would be fun. I'd like to be a firefighter. You know, people I know who do those things, you know, go to the military, whatever it is, they say it's a calling. Like they have to do this. And so that's not like, uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. If I don't right. do it, Wayne Dyer says, you know, don't die with your music still in you. Right. It's really... <sighs> And what you're talking about is life purpose, right? Your your soul has a purpose here and it's a calling. And when we say yes and we turn on that light or we push that button, we're that's where our individuality comes through. You have this DNA and some of it is from the lineage and there's a remembering and there's all these studies on the Holocaust and, and war victims and how their generations afterwards are feeling the effects without even knowing it. That is our responsibility to say, this beautiful and hard thing that my ancestors went through does not have to be my legacy. It does. It is not my soul's purpose. It is a portion of what I was given, and I get to decide who I am and who I want to be. And that is your autonomy and your sovereignty and your independence from all of this. You are not a victim. You are a victor. Who is that? What? Who is that? Victor Frankl. No, it's, well, it's also Joel Osteen. <laughs> I'm quoting him from my I, long ago days. I know, I use that now, but I changed the victor to, with a K, so now it's Victor I like Frankl. that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, that's where it gets really important, is that you did come here, you know, in my, in, in the work that I do, my work informs me that there is a blueprint your soul has a, a map, and that map is what we're here to find. And when we do this work, we clear the weeds so those that map can be shown. And then, like, beautiful, like, it's like a garden, and all of your flowers bloom. And that's your autonomy and your sovereignty. Then you are not a victim to this work. And so you do have the power to choose. I mean, even if it's a calling, you still have to answer the call. Absolutely. Right? So you always have a choice. You right. can't choose the flesh suit. You can't choose right. the circumstances. Not always. Right. But you always have the ability to choose your response. And what you bring to it, among many other things, is thinking about the choice generationally. Positioning yourself as a, as a chain, as a link in the chain. Right. I mean, which is a really beautiful image, very much a Jewish image, Lador Vador, generationally. Right. And so shifting our thinking, especially in the year 2023, to not horizontally what's happening now, but generationally. Mm -hmm. What's happened before me, what's happened after me, and what's my 
responsibility. Yeah, where's my part in it? Yeah. yeah, it's a fascinating. I mean, I'm very like. Well, we'll have you back to the studio. I sometime. love it. Well, <laughs> thanks for having me all the way downstairs. So you'll um, you'll catch this on both. Ariella's um, channel, the Soul Center channel, and my channel, the Divine Spirit, but also now the Meaning Academy. Um, so because this is so heavily uh, Frankel-oriented, and because Ariella is also a student of Viktor Frankl, she can bring in the healing side of things. We're, um, we've launched the Meaning Academy, so jump over to themeaningacademy.com, where you'll meet um, Dr. Elise and Dr. Dan, my logotherapist partners in establishing it. And um, you have lots of choices now and different ways to work with us. So tell us before we sign off, what's going on with you, what people can, mm-hmm. where they can find you and what they can do with you. So if you are interested, I have a complimentary healing circle that meets on Zoom. It is the first Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And um, we explore all of these things plus more. Um, We are meeting, well, this won't be out today, but um, it is May 1st. And um, so you can always join in. You can uh, check it out. You can find the link on Instagram or on Facebook. Or your website. And my my website, my new website is ariellahalevi.com. She has the best website. Uh, she wins. She wins the website contest. It's a great website. <laughs> I do love my website. Um, the other thing I have is um, often I have many workshops going on. So I have a workshop called Centered. It is a three-month group for women. We meet twice a month. Typically, it's in person in Denver. So if you are in the area, there will be a new one happening soon. And stay tuned for a version of Centered where we do all things grounded and rooted and rising up to your soul and this and spirit and all of your supporting connecting um, angels guides and ancestors um, there will be an online version of that very soon so stay tuned thank you so much for coming can i add your business card anytime <laughs> and we will talk to you in the next podcast or see you in the next video until then defy your number and live your spirit